Hello everyone! Welcome, uh, welcome to Capes and Japes, and, uh, welcome to March! We made it through another month. <laughs> oh, Hachimachi, we're doing it. Uh, spring is in the air, sort of. It's still very cold here and there's snow on the ground, but... Oh, it is it is warm coming. where I am. <laughs> oh. I came in, I, I came into the guest room to record. Uh, which has a westerly facing window, so we get the afternoon sun in this room. And mm -hmm. I'm like, oh no, it's warm in here. Oh no, I'm out of water. <laughs> I need to go fill up my water. Oh no, you're trapped in the podcasting desert. And I can't even turn on the fan. Because that's, that's background noise, baby. I know. Ugh. I am, uh, I am sitting on my hands because... My fingers are numb. Oh, that doesn't sound very spring. No, it's not very it's not very spring-like at all. Very very rude of March to do this, but nevertheless, the days are slowly getting warmer and they are slowly getting longer and we are here to continue talking about comic books. Woohoo! Who are we talking about today that we have realized that we have never spoken about before? Uh, yes. So, uh, we are here today to talk about Aquaman. Um, a character who, uh, has a pretty weird history, um, and, like, a very weird kind of pop cultural significance, I guess. Okay, um, I, I just want to say that I, the other day... I woke up from a nap in my living room to find my parents watching the, like, Lego Justice League Rage of Atlantis movie. Um, okay. Which, I don't know if it's just this movie that insinuates it, or if it's actually part of, like, Aquaman's history, but they had, like, a strong King Arthur vibe for like one part and I'm like hey wait a second <laughs> is that why his name is Arthur? <laughs> hold on I, I don't think so Okay, based it, on sort of in, what his original in this Lego movie he did pull out like King Neptune's Triton from this statue that apparently only the true king of Atlantis can remove from the statue, and I just kind of like points. What? <laughs> that's honestly that's that's kind of fun. I don't I'm know. Sort of into it? Yeah, I don't know if somebody at this you know Lego DC property was like, "Hey, his name is Arthur, and he's a king. Let's just put like a King Arthur thing in here." Um, I should watch some of the. Lego DC content. This movie was also wild because um, I didn't look it up to double check, but I am relatively sure that the voice actor for Damien was the same voice actor for Teen Titans Robin. And I was just like, excuse me? Scott Menville? <laughs> it sounded like it. Me, Beyonce gif, just like, Scott Menville? <laughs> and I was like, you can't do this to me. Mm -hmm. the, mm -mm. These mm -mm. these two boys cannot sound the same. I'm they cannot sorry. be the same boy. This one is explicitly Damien, and I cannot handle this. <laughs> that is me, honestly, when I hear Scott Menville in anything. Um, that's too, that's, I mean, but... Because any time I hear Scott Menville, I just think about Teen Titans Robin <laughs> and nothing else. Um, anyways, we are not talking about Scott Menville or Teen Titans or Damian Wayne, no matter how much <laughs> we always want to. Uh, we are talking about Arthur Curry, a.k.a. Aquaman or Aquaman. <laughs> Depending on your accent, I suppose. Um, so Aquaman has been around for a while. He was uh, 
created in 1941, uh, during, you know, the golden age of comics, uh, like, not too long after Superman and Batman were both created, um, and he was introduced, uh, as were a lot of characters at the time, and, like, for many years to come, he was introduced in an anthology series called, uh, More Fun Comics, um, and he had a recurring, like, backup feature in that for several years, uh, and then was transferred to, uh, Adventure Comics, which was a different DC anthology series, uh, that had mostly focused on, like, superhero stuff and, you know, adventure stories, obviously. Um, and, uh, though he didn't, uh, he didn't get his, like, own book, he continuously appeared, uh, in adventure comics, like, through the 50s, uh, and, like, into the beginning of the 60s. And his backstory in this original Golden Age version, this will change many times, <laughs> uh, but his original backstory was, uh, relatively straightforward. Uh, his dad was a, uh, like, undersea explorer, like a, presumably like a, a Jacques Cousteau type, um, and he discovered Atlantis, uh, I think the, like, the ruins of Atlantis, um, and thought it was really cool, uh, like, built himself a, a, like, home down there, basically, um, and, like, brought his young son to live with him in his sort of, like, self-sustaining little, like, underwater biome, uh, and taught him all about the ocean and how it works and sea creatures and stuff like that. Uh, and this was sort of, it was mostly, like, he got his powers through, like, training and also his dad's sort of, you know, scientific, like, experiments, uh, with this old, like, Atlantean technology and also just his general, like, messing around with underwater creatures, uh. I do like the idea that this man can just, like, oh, I grew up underwater so I can talk to dolphins. Yeah, the dolphins are my friends. Um, so his original powers are he can breathe underwater and because that's something he, you learn that you just practice really hard and then you can breathe underwater uh and he uh can communicate with fish uh this is the most famous aquaman power we will revisit this a few times uh it has changed a lot in its presentation over the years. Um, the very earliest version is he just, like, speaks fish language. So he's not, like, telepathically communicating with the fish. He just, like, talks to them. Um, and then somebody at comics had to go and ruin it and be all like, fish don't have a language. What are we doing? <laughs> Folks, listen, this one's a bridge too far. Yeah, and then later they add in it's like telepathic communication, um, and they mess around with it a few times. Like at some point, it's like rather than, you know, communicating with sea creatures and being able to like ask them to do things, it's like, well, sea creatures don't really have like sort of the intelligence necessary to do that, so... You take that back just... right now. <laughs> I didn't... Listen, I wasn't the one writing this comics, but, like, they make it so that it's more, like, he can just, like, 
temporarily like basically control fish with his mind um it, which isn't really any less silly uh but he uh so these early days uh focus on early on he uh because it's you know the early 40s he uh <laughs> fight you know fights like Nazi U-boats and stuff like that, uh, and then moves on to, uh, like, pirates and, you know, people doing sea-based crime. Uh, it's all pretty self-contained, which we'll also get into later is, like, another Aquaman problem, but, like, he's not, you know, he's spending his time in the ocean. He's not, like, leaving and trying to use his ocean powers to like solve problems on land <laughs> he's <laughs> dealing with threats to the ocean uh he like i think it it's also a lot of his stories have taken like somewhat of an environmental bent for like pretty obvious reasons yeah uh, the reason because we have absolutely trashed the ocean. We have we have done the ocean so dirty. Capitalism is a scourge upon the earth. Yeah. Um and I think this was like present relatively early on, uh, and sort of became more prevalent as more people realized how badly we've trashed the ocean. Um, and then I, I don't know, I feel like maybe recently it's probably seen as, like, a little hokey for comics, um, but, like, also, we have trashed the ocean very badly, uh, and maybe if no one else is gonna do something about it, maybe Aquaman should, uh, but then it's also, you know, it's less it's less easy for Aquaman to go fight capitalism than it is to be like, this one evil guy is just dumping oil into the oceans. And then you <laughs> fight that guy and If only Aquaman could fight all the people dumping oil into the ocean. Every single one of them, do one right after the other. Uh with his Many aquatic powers. He's just like, all right, everybody line up. I'm gonna punch every <laughs> single one of you. Get over here. <laughs> uh, so in the, uh, as we come into the sort of Silver Age of comics, uh, in the, like, six, like, 50s and 60s, uh, they retool his backstory, uh, they, uh, or they, like, officially, like, officially they make, like, the Golden Age Aquaman, Earth One Aquaman, and they, uh, introduce the new version of Aquaman, but is basically just kind of rebooting Aquaman, uh, I do... because of love so much when comics are just like no 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 they exist but over there they're over there now don't look at them they're they're doing fine they're over there but this is the new guy um so this uh introduces the most well-known backstory i think he might i think this might be the first time they name him as arthur curry um and uh in this version, he is the son of a uh, human lighthouse keeper named Tom Curry, uh, and an Atlantean woman named Atlanta. Okay. Which I, like, are all comics. I know you only had to come up with one Atlantean woman for the time being, but, like, are all of their names like that? Actually, many of them are, as it turns out. But, uh... Hi, uh, what's your name? Atlanta. And where do you live? Atlantis. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, and what's your name? 
Oh, my name's New Yorka. Oh, and where are you from? <laughs> oh, New York. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Um, so, uh, at this point is where they, uh, add in the telepathic sea creature communication, uh, and also, uh, you know, because now that his powers are, uh, associated with his half-Atlantean heritage, uh, they have an actual explanation for them other than he just worked really hard and now he can breathe underwater. Um, and they're also able to put in there uh, <laughs> one of those retroactive weaknesses like they did with Green Lanterns and Yellow, where uh, he can't be out of water too long. Uh, he, like has to make contact with water at least, like, every hour. Um, or he'll, he'll die of dehydration, I guess. Uh, but, so, he grows up with these Atlantean powers, uh, uses them to become Aqua Boy briefly, and then later Aqua Man, uh, as as we all must grow and learn. Yes. Um his uh his mother uh dies when he's young um and his father remarries uh another woman a no a human woman <laughs> and they have a son named Orm. Um, and you will, you will never guess what happens to this superhero's sibling. Hmm. Orm. <sighs> well, with a name like Orm. Yeah, a, a normal name and, uh, a sibling relationship to a superhero. Um, he, uh, resents Arthur for, uh his powers, uh, and all the things he can do. He starts turning to, uh, petty crime. He feels like their dad loves Arthur more. Uh, and then he gets amnesia and becomes a supervillain, baby. <laughs> At least he had the amnesia first. He does have the amnesia first. I later versions at some point he doesn't have amnesia, but it's still a supervillain. Um, <laughs> he gets his memories back, and he's actually like, you know what? Still, fuck my brother. Let's let's yeah. do crime. I love crime. Um, this is also <laughs> I've just his backstory. So used to crime. I don't know what I would do if without crime now. Yeah, his backstory also gets like dramatically. Uh, retooled uh but he uh th with this introduction of his mom and atlanteans they're able to actually kind of incorporate you know atlantis and like this like secret underwater society that uh arthur is a part of uh and he becomes uh uh king of Atlantis, uh, because his mom was royalty, uh, just sort of rolls up, <laughs> and they decide that he should be king. Uh, he also meets and marries a woman named Mira, um, who is, uh, Initially, she's, like, from, like, sort of a another dimension. I feel it's very vague at first. I feel like they later, like, change this. Um, but she's a woman from a place called Dimension Aqua, where I guess everybody lives underwater. Uh, but she, uh, encounters Arthur during his many adventures, uh, they meet, they fall in love, they get married, 
in, uh, apparently, the first, uh, superhero wedding depicted in a comic book. Incredible. Yeah, good for them. Uh, so, at this point, they've kind of, uh, established this basis for, uh, Aquaman stories where he has this, like, Atlantis aspect, he has, he's, you know, the king of Atlantis, um, they also start, uh, introducing, uh, uh, they introduce Aqualad, who's, like, an Atlantean, uh, like, teen who is orphaned, who, uh, Aquaman mentors, they introduce, like, a lot of the recurring villains, like, Black Manta, um, and Hachimachi, there's been a lot of weird stuff with Black Manta. Um, we'll probably have to do a whole Black Manta. We probably will have to just, like, really kind of get into it, because there's been, there were some choices, uh, made. Uh. What if Villaintober this year is Aquaman villain-themed? We could do that. A lot of, just a lot of various kind of pirate-adjacent people. Just some aquatic villains. Yes. He, uh, fights this, uh, guy named the Ocean Master, who he realizes is his half-brother who has amnesia and wants to do crime now. Um, they introduce some other, uh, Atlanteans, like, uh, Dr. Volko, who's sort of like a advisor to the throne, um, but like a good a good guy, not like normally like advisors to the throne, so like secretly planning <laughs> to kill you, like a chill advisor to the throne. He's actually giving you good advice. <laughs> yeah, uh, they give Aqualad a love interest named Tula, uh. A whole, a whole bunch of them. And he also, uh, joins the Justice League. He's one of the founding members of the Justice League in the 60s, uh, and remains with the team pretty consistently throughout, uh, most iterations. Um, and then we get into, uh, in 19... 73, uh, well, firstly, there's a, uh, there's a, an animated show in, like, 1967, uh, called the Superman Aqua, Superman slash Aquaman Hour of Adventure, um, which, uh, was, like, sort of, uh, not, uh, necessarily Superman and Aquaman, working together, uh, but it featured some Superman cartoons and some Aquaman cartoons and some, you know, appearances from various other, uh, DC heroes, uh, and then that's sort of, uh, followed by, uh, Super Friends in the early 70s, and the Cartoon versions of Aquaman, uh, sort of cement him in the public consciousness. Like, I, he wasn't, like, obviously he wasn't on, like, Superman, Batman level before this. Uh, I don't, like, he clearly, like, sold okay because he was consistently, you know, appearing in comics, like, through the 50s, even when, like, superhero comic sales were low, uh, but not necessarily quite as popular. So this is sort of what most people, a lot of people became familiar with Aquaman from, and also I think the most enduring pop cultural image of him. That's the power of cartoons! That's cartoons, baby. And so the, um... The thing about it is, one, these shows are inherently very goofy. Like, obviously. Like, they're, you know, like, late 60s, early 70s, like, Saturday morning cartoons. It's called Super Friends. It's, like, you know, not about, like, 
high stakes kind of, you know, deep questions. It's, you know, superheroes and they go on adventures and it's, it's a good time. So the, the goofiness of, you know, Arthur being like, oh, he rides around on a seahorse and he's got, uh, you know, a pet walrus named Tusky, um, is like in keeping with the tone of the show. Um, but also it's not like he's doing a lot of really cool stuff to balance it out. Uh, and also the thing about Aquaman is it's really hard to come up with things for him to do when you're not in or near the ocean. Uh, and when you're on a team that's almost entirely people who cannot breathe underwater, <laughs> uh, most of your stories are not going to be in the ocean. Uh, so you end up with this sort of, you know, image of Aquaman in people's heads as just like the guy who talks to fish. And, you know, it's like, oh no, this, you know, this train is going off course. We have to figure out a way to save the train. And it's like, I'll call a really strong octopus to come and help us stop the train. It's like, you know, everyone has heard many, many, many jokes about Aquaman in their lifetime. Yeah. It's fun, because I never really understood exactly why people were making fun of Aquaman, but then, like, looking back at it, my first introduction to Aquaman was the Justice League cartoon, and pretty early oh on in God. that cartoon, he does fully cut off his hand to save his son. Yeah, like, so different. The vibes are <laughs> so like, different. Why is everybody making fun of Aquaman? He's, like, pretty cool, and he loves his family? I don't know what we're making fun of. Yeah. Um, they do, they do, also, they give him in the power, they give him in the cartoon, um, presumably because they needed something else for him to do, he can generate these, like, water balls and, like, throw them, and they, like, have, like, you know, like, hit people with a lot of force. Um, That's just magic. Yeah. Which is, uh, has led to, I think, like, some confusion um, over Aquaman's powers over water. Uh, that I also had, because I wasn't, like, 100% sure. Because he has, at one point, he had his, at certain points, his trident can, like, control water. And then at one point, he has a magic hand that can control water. And at a few different points, he's been, like, gone through some sort of, like, magical transformation that gives him, like, more power over water. Uh, but traditionally, for the most part, he's not, like, a waterbender. No. Uh, which is unfortunate, because it is very cool. It's very cool. would definitely, like, give him kind of an edge. <laughs> on land. In terms... Yeah, on land, when, like, you know, more things he can do he just, besides swim real good. He just water bends a pool up around, like, the person they're fighting, and then they're, like, trying to fight underwater, and Aquaman's like, haha, cracks knuckles, you're in my yard now. <laughs> Welcome to my turf. Uh, for a little bit in the 80s, he, like, uh leads a uh new version of the Justice League. Um it's like the Justice League Detroit uh because the original JLA kind of falls apart and then he reforms it with uh John and Zatanna. Uh and then uh after the uh Crisis on Infinite Earths, they redo his backstory, um, where in this version, uh, he is fully Atlantean, 
Uh, he is the son of Atlanta and a wizard named Atlan. Comics, I'm gonna kill you. Uh, but he is, uh, abandoned as a baby, uh, on land because supposedly his, like, <laughs> blonde hair is, like, uh, supposed to be, like, a curse. Um. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Extremely. What if blonde people were oppressed? <laughs> Think about that. Um. And he, uh, he survives and he ends up, he's taken in by, uh, the, uh, lighthouse keeper, uh, Tom Curry, who names him Arthur. Um, and, uh, he is raised by him for a while and then, uh, ends up going out on his own, uh, to kind of discover who he is. Uh, go the distance, all that jazz, finds out about his, uh, Atlantean heritage, and, uh, goes back to, uh, becomes Aquaman. Uh, so in this version, Orm still exists, but rather than being, uh, a human, uh, he is Aquaman's half-brother by way of his biological dad, Atlan, uh, so he has, like, magic Atlantean powers. Um, and at this point, after this, uh, Peter David is, uh, the writer who's sort of credited with, uh, creating sort of the modern image of Aquaman. Uh, especially there's a, a miniseries, uh, in, like, the 90s called Aquaman Time and Tide, uh, which kind of gets more into, like, uh, the Atlantean history and his relationship with Orm. Orm is a funny name, I'm sorry. It really is. <laughs> um. It does make more sense as, like, an Atlantean name, though, than, yeah. like, hi, my name is Tom, and this is my son, Orm. But, uh, this, at this point is where we also, uh, the character gets redesigned. I'm not sure, this is, Peter David was the writer, and I think, like, it was his idea. I'm not sure who the artist is who actually, like, uh, designed uh, the new look, but, uh, he, uh, Arthur, or, in this one, his birth name, uh, is Orin, and then he's named Arthur by the lighthouse man, so he has gone by both, um, but, like, he sort of, you know, goes on, like, a, uh, quest of, like, you know, self-exploration, like, having, like, learned a bunch of stuff about, you know, his half-brother and all this Atlantean history, um, and he grows his hair really long, grows a beard, he, uh, uh, starts, like, he goes, like, shirtless, but with this kind of, like, like, armored, like, shoulder arm thing, uh, he... Like a pauldron? Loses his... I get... Does a pauldron, like... Is a pauldron just the shoulder, or does it go down the arm? I think a pauldron might actually just be the shoulder. Okay. Uh... <laughs> armor... Armor nerds... Armor nerds hit us up. A pauldron sleeve. Yes! Uh... He, uh... Loses his hand, and replaces it with a, uh, harpoon spearhead. Which is metal as heck. It is freaking metal as heck. Later he gets, like, a more high-tech harpoon prosthetic from Star Labs. And then later he, like, I think loses the harpoon and gets, like, a magic water hand. 
Uh, I just love the idea that someone at Star Labs is like, hey, do you want, like, an upgraded harpoon hand? <laughs> we all got bored and we tried to make cooler harpoon hands. Um, I don't know if you wanted to have, like, more of a hand hand, but we thought the harpoon thing was really rad. Uh... So this, uh, this direction is sort of the direction they stick with for Aquaman into the present, for the most part, is, like, focusing on, you know, him as a king and, like, the responsibilities of that and, like, leaning into that more where, like, earlier it was just sort of, like, here I am and also I'm the king of Atlantis. Uh, but, uh, dealing with that, uh, kind of incorporating more, like, mystical elements, uh, which makes sense because Atlantis is already sort of, you know, a mythic place, uh, and it differentiates him from, like, you know, Clark or Hal or, like, like, even, like, the Flashes or, like, John, who are all more kind of sci-fi heroes. Uh, and he, uh, some bullshit happens with Mira. It's like, oh, Mira, it's crazy now. It's like, oh, freaking every, every goddamn time. Uh, for a, um, a little while, uh... During, uh, Infinite Crisis, he, uh, Arthur is missing, and they introduce a new character named Arthur Joseph Curry, who has sort of the same backstory as the Golden Age Aquaman, where he was, like, uh, the son of a, uh, like, marine biologist, uh, and he was, like, uh, what, he was, like, uh, had some sort of, like, disease when he was a baby and his dad had to, like, use, you know, ocean mutagens on him to, like, help him live, so now he has ocean powers, uh, and he encounters this mysterious, spooky ocean figure who's got, like, you know, he's, like, missing a hand and he's got, like, weird, like, tentacles for hair and stuff. Like, he's freaking from, like, Davy Jones' ship in Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, who tells him that his destiny is to become the next Aquaman. And then it turns out that the mysterious ocean figure is actually... Arthur, or Orin, or, like, the original Aquaman, who lost his memories, uh, and got, like, spooky ocean powers, uh, and then, uh, he, like, briefly, the Arthur Joseph character, like, takes over as King of Atlantis, uh, and then he sort of just leaves and, like, no one's really... <laughs> mentioned him in, like, the past, like, ten years or so. What um, happened to that guy? Ah. I don't know. But it's just, it's a very weird choice for me to make, like, a replacement version of, like, one of your characters and just have them be named the same thing. <laughs> Although, I guess, like, maybe it was sort of them being, like, okay, well, we have this new backstory for Aquaman where he's, like, fully Atlantean. So I guess we should introduce, like, this is, I don't know. It's, it's very, like, I just feel like they should have given him a different name. Like, any different name. Barner <laughs> Kearney. Anything. It, it, perfect. Foolproof. Uh, Nobody will know. Um, so he, uh, seemingly, uh, Aquaman as this, like, the Dweller, this, like, underwater version, uh, seemingly dies, uh... Rip. 
And uh, yeah, I know. Rip. In Final Crisis. Uh, and then is, comes back as like a zombie during Blackest Night. And then. It seems he did not rip. He, he did not. At the end of Blackest Night is like properly revived and comes back to life for real. Um, and then in New 52, they take back basically all of that and they go back to the Silver Age backstory where he is, uh, the son of Atlanta and Tom Curry, um, which I do, I do think I like a little bit better. Um, somebody was like, you know what? We did it right the second time. We got it. We got it that one. Got it in um, two. Yeah. I like, I kind of, I sort of like the, you know, it's a little bit overdone, but I do like the kind of like half human thing. Um, I think it's neat. Uh, but he, uh, in, I think they keep that in rebirth uh and they also have him like get married to mira again which was undone in new 52 because uh of new 52 undoing everything and also i don't <laughs> new 52 His relationship institution of marriage i mean listen i do too but sometimes when superheroes do it it is good <laughs> um but, uh, yeah, they, uh, he marries Mira again. <laughs> uh, they also introduce, maybe during New 52, they introduce the, uh, Jackson Hyde version of Aqualad, um, who is based on, uh, Calderam from the Justice League cartoon. Again, uh, the power of cartoons. The power of cartoons in the grand tradition of uh, DC cartoons introducing something extremely good and comics being like, oh, oh, shit, we gotta, we gotta do that. Um, but, uh, yeah, so currently back, uh, back to being half human, back to being married, as far as I know, back to being king of Atlantis, uh, a lot of Aquaman stories tend to be sort of, uh, self-contained for, like, again, the obvious reasons of, you know, there's stuff he is most useful when he's underwater. And a lot, most of the time, other superheroes are not underwater. So he's kind of on his own for a lot of it. Um, and... A lot of the, like, Atlantis stuff, like, introduces these sort of, uh, mystical elements, uh, that my eyes did glaze over a little bit trying to read about, which seem cool, uh, but a little bit opaque, uh, to <laughs> a newcomer. Um, I do, uh, I do think... I think at this point, we've sort of, uh, Aquaman is not quite the, like, universal joke he was, uh, for quite a long time. Um, and I think part of that is just because this, like, interpretation of him, this sort of, you know, like, heavy is the head that wears the crown kind of, like, Thor-looking, like, rugged ocean man, guy who chopped his own hand off in the Justice League cartoon, look, uh, has been around for long enough that, like, it has, like, absorbed into kind of the public consciousness somewhat. Uh, and I'm sure that, uh, part of it is also Jason Momoa. <laughs> um. I mean. And... Jason Momoa, very good Aquaman. Yes, the undeniable charm and power of Jason Momoa. 
and also having him not be white, I think, is just great for Aquaman in general. Honestly, Pacific Islander Atlantis makes so much sense. I, like, and they didn't go that way, but it would make more sense. <laughs> it makes way more sense. Uh, and, uh, he, uh, I think also, like, at this point, we've sort of, uh, as a culture, I feel like are more inclined to take these sort of things seriously, like, for better or for worse. Like, what's, what's the MCU made, like, Rocket Raccoon, like, one of its most popular characters. Like, I feel like all bets are off. It's like, this guy talks to fish, like, so what? Like, that's like, we all think superheroes are very cool and serious now. And honestly, I think we could... We could dial it back. We could dial it back. Here's the thing, I'm saying this as somebody who's taken comic books extremely seriously for, like, well over almost two-thirds of her life. Um, it's okay to not take comic books seriously sometimes. Um, it's okay. But If you take them too seriously, they will disappoint you. They will disappoint you so badly. Um, but in this instance, I think... There is some cool stuff to be done with Aquaman. I think some of it has gone in the direction of too serious. Uh, but I think it has, like, at least differentiated him from, like, other people on the Justice League. And, like, given him sort of his own, like, you know, aesthetic and identity besides just underwater guy. Um, oh, and that's you cool. mean, like, Aquaman? Hi, I'm Underwater Guy. I'm here to help with your underwater crimes. Oh, cool, perfect. That was, you know, a sector that we really didn't have handled. I'm so glad that well, you're here, Underwater Guy. Not to worry. Uh, oh, there's also um, the version of him in Batman Brave and the Bold, um, where he just, like, is, like, constantly, like, blustering and like speaks in this like extremely dramatic booming voice and he rides around on two dolphins and he's just like oh ha, ha. um which i am very fond of every time i see it um you gotta be i think it's great but yeah uh did you have anything uh anything you wanted to add or discuss uh no, I didn't read comics this week. I am in, like, full Star Wars brain rot mode. Oh. I had a dream last night, and I woke up and, like, typed the dream into my phone in the hopes that it would leave me alone. Because I was like, I can't be writing Star Wars fic today. I have things to do. Um, <laughs> I did end up writing Star Wars fic today, because apparently I have things to do isn't a good enough reason for my brain to not do the thing that it wants to do. I'm just in full Star Wars mode. <laughs> Help me. <laughs> I will not, because I'm going to read your fic. I'm going to reap the benefits of your brain rot for myself. Oh no, it backfired. <laughs> You fool. Um, I also did not read comics, and um, I don't have that excuse. I just didn't read any comics, which is terrible because friggin' Infinite Frontier comes out tomorrow, and I still don't fully understand what it is, but I am, I like, I do gotta read it um, and figure out what it is, uh, which means I should probably catch up on future state before I do that. So hopefully next week I will be able to say some things about comics. Um, I'm like, so I don't, I don't want a new, I don't want a new thing. I don't want a new complicated thing. I don't want to read Infinite Frontier, but I'm gonna have to. 
<sighs> it's my burden to bear, I guess. Yep. Um. Mm-hmm. Terrible. Uh. If you uh, if you would like to keep up with us, uh, with our episodes, with what we do, you can find us on Twitter, Tumblr, uh, Facebook, and Instagram. Just go to Capes and Japes. Uh, Twitter is where we will post the most stuff. So if you want to see us share other, uh, you know, non-episode things like comics news and like you know, important information and stuff like that, you should go to Twitter. If you don't want to see any of that, you can follow us somewhere else. Uh, we have a Discord server where you can and should read Briar's Star Wars fic that came to them in a dream, uh, along with uh, plenty of other stuff, lots of other things on our Discord server. Uh, but Star Wars is included among them. Um, we have a Patreon, if you want to support us on there. Uh, our February bonus episode should be up by the time this episode comes out. So uh, you can join our Patreon and listen to that bonus episode, if you so choose. Uh, for March, we are probably gonna like talk about WandaVision. So if you want to hear our WandaVision takes, you should also subscribe to our Patreon. Um, just a bit of friendly advice from yours truly. Um, if you can't support us on there, another way to help us out is leaving a rating and review of the show where you listen to it. If you are so inclined, uh, Telling a friend about the show, if you have anyone who you think would be interested in uh, Aquaman's tumultuous comic book history. Um, and just uh, just coming back and joining us, just like you have done uh, today, once again. Or maybe for the first time, I guess, I don't know. Uh, but we, regardless, we would like to thank you for joining us today on Capes and Japes. I have been Olivia. And I have been Briar. And, as always, kiss me sexy Batman. Kiss me sexy Batman. Uh.